Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Just a couple things, uh, housekeeping items that I want to get through just before we jump into today's topic, which is probably one of my hyped up, my, like my most excited topics I, I've discussed today because it's something good that happened in the church that I'm really excited about. Um, but uh, the first thing is this. I haven't pushed it a lot, uh, mainly because um, I kind of felt insecure about it and uncomfortable with it, but I've realized that I really do need to be pushing it a bit more. Uh, so you may hear me talk about it a little bit more, but that is uh, Absurdity's Patreon, patreon.com slash absurditypodcast. Um, the expenses for this, now that I've we've officially hired a social media director and we're looking at, at sponsored posts and things like that, the expenses have gone up. And honestly, any dollar to support this uh, really does matter. It really does help. And every, uh, every dollar that goes into it means uh, a, a greater chance of us not having to have sponsors and not having to have ads. So... Um, if you believe in what this podcast is doing, if you believe in what we're doing, then uh, I really hope you'd consider it. Uh, consider sponsoring this podcast with even a dollar a month. Every dollar matters. You know, even the, the dollar a month, if 12 people come in at a dollar a month and they support me for a year, that's all of my hosting for the year covered. So it's one of those things where I just, uh, I am just asking as someone who has been faithful to putting out content and, and someone who really wants to keep doing this, if you could really help us out, it would mean the world to me. And that's all I'll say about it today. Uh, the second thing I want to tell you about is uh, something that young adults have been asking for for a long time, which is um, a new young adult conference that isn't uh, geared towards the super traditional side of things. And we finally have one for you called Awaken, Awaken Woo! NC awakennc.com it is december 28th through 30 and it's going to, i'm presenting on um living in a, uh living as a christian in the modern in modern society living uh, and there's several more uh henry johnson's going to be there who 
came on and talked about secular versus sacred in episode 40. He'll be there. Um, and the keynote speaker is Alan Martin from YG Church in Arlington in Arlington, Texas. So um, check that out. Registration is pretty cheap, um, but it is going to be in Charlotte, December 28th through 30. It is not a Carolina conference thing. It is a young adult thing for all young adults that are willing to go. So check that out. Register there, awakennc.com. All right, done with that. Tony, it is time to talk about the North American Division year-end meetings. You know, the irony of that is that by putting those plugs in, we probably cut ourselves off and saved about 20 minutes of just, like, the beginning of our show. Like, we're going to end, like, 40 minutes because we're like, yeah, we, we didn't go on and on and on for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's very true. Um so, for those of you who have no idea, this is going to be another Adventist-centric episode. Sorry to my non-Adventist listeners, we're going to try and keep you up to date with this, because if you've listened to the other ones, you may have been really discouraged by what goes on in this denomination, so today I'm hoping that I can encourage you with what's going on in this denomination. So, what we saw last time was annual council. Annual council is uh, the, the representative body of the entire world church, or at least one of, and uh, was deciding things on a world church level, however... Just this past week, uh, or just last week, I guess, um, so by the time you're listening to this two weeks ago, was the uh, North American Division year-end meetings. And so this is just for the church in North America, N-A-D-Y-E-M. And during this time, because it happened right after annual council, a um, a lot of people were wondering, okay... What is the division's response going to be to the document, to the compliance committees, to the compliance document, to the unity document, all of it? What's our response going to be? What are we going to do about this? And how does this impact us? And uh, so this is the church in Canada and America and Mexico. So um, that is the... That's what we basically saw this past week with NAD year-end meetings. And so there was a lot of heavy stuff that they talked about. But uh, Sunday was the day that they basically said, we're going to create a committee, a writing committee, that will draft a response to the general conference. Uh, And then they gave a full few hours to uh, delegates being able to, A, nominate members to that committee, but then also... Uh, make suggestions and things for the writing committee to keep in mind. Yeah. On um, and on Tuesday, that that statement was presented to the uh, was presented to the church or to the delegates for the division year end meetings, and they were able to discuss it and vote on it. But that's not all that happened, because on Monday there was a big financial discussion. So, like I said, year-end meetings are for everything. They're for everything from finances to uh, church business, church policy, disciplinary issues, whatever it might be. We kind of handle all of that thing when everyone is together. So, which do you want to break down first, Tony? Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we start. I think the, we start like chronologically with what they said first, as far as like the financial issue, and then Dan Jackson's statement, and then the response. Because that's the order that it okay. came in. I think that's a good way to to kind of approach things. Okay. So then let's talk about tithe. So basically on Monday, the NAD voted to um, voted basically to discuss with the G, with the GC how to or, or a plan for 
putting the NAD on financial parity with the rest of the world by the year 2020, by, yeah, by the next general conference session. Mm -hmm. So what that means is uh, the general or the NAD is providing, I think it's 79% of the world church funds. Meanwhile, the rest of um, the rest of the world is providing the rest of it combined. And that's huge. Like, I want you to think about that. We've, we've talked about the voting disparity before, but I don't know that we've ever put actual numbers to it. Yeah. Um, like numbers to how much the NAD gives versus how much the rest of the world gives. But the NAD really is kind of the thing that keeps the church running. Oh, and it's, like, it's and not then, even close. Yeah. Like it's not even close. Like it's not even close. Basically, this is the, the NAD gives three times what the rest of the world gives combined. Yeah. For in 2016, 44% of the world tithe came from the NAD. That's just tithe. Now, it's worth noting that before they went into this discussion and this vote, that the NAD had already years ago voted to reduce the amount of tithe it gives back to the GC from 8% in 2012 down to 5.85% in 2020. Yeah. The NAD currently gives 6.35%. So to give you a, a, a here, here we go. In 2016, I found the sentence. In 2016, the NAD gave $74.2 million to the GC, while the rest of the world combined gave $25.8 million. That's huge. And then we've talked about voting disparity, right? In, in annual council and GC matters, the annual council does not get, or, or uh, the NAD does not have that large of a voice, yet we're the breadbasket, essentially, for the rest of the world. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, will, I will say that for a long time, the NAD, not in my lifetime, but in the years past, the NAD has definitely... How do I say this? Um, wielded that big stick, I guess, and kind of let them know, you know, like, hey, we give more money than you um, and use that as like a political power. Um, and that built up a lot of resentment from the world church about the NAD and, and deservedly so like you already feel oppressed and this is the division that, you know, won't let black people into Andrews and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well that was a while ago. It's, it's getting better. There are a lot more conferences that are self-sufficient now. Um, let's scale that back. And the reality is like, okay, but now how do I say this? Other divisions are wielding the fact that they have more numbers as a, as a power game. And so the NAD is saying, yeah, you might have more members, but you're not actually contributing. You're not helping. And I think one of the things that they're saying, and I, and rightly, I, I agree with this is yes, God owns the cattle on a thousand Hills, but it kind it, it's not fair for those whose Hills he is not, removing cattle from to tell us what we get to do with our hills. We're the ones who, you know what I mean? Like we're the hills that God is taking most yeah. of his cattle from. So how about you? Do, you know what I mean? Like let's, let's not do that. Um, 
which, hey, you know, turnabout is fair play. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, we shouldn't have been doing that. Now you don't get to do that. Um, yeah. And as far as now, baptism. It's worth noting. Yeah. Well, now it's worth noting. So uh, the Texas conference president uh, at one point stepped up and asked how the amount of tithe of the other divisions gives compares to what the NAD gives. And Dan Jackson ended up replying that the other divisions give Texaco. 2% of their tithe to the GC. Texaco. Yeah, sorry, Texaco. Let's, yeah, let's Texaco, make that very clear. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, I misread that. I'm sorry, it's Texaco. But yes. yes. Uh, 2% of their tithe to the GC is required by working yeah. policy. Um, so basically, no. the motion has become, we want, the NAD now wants to be on parity with that, by 2020. So instead of reducing to 5%, like the original vote was back in 2012, the vote now the vote is we want to reduce down to 2% by 2020, which is a much bigger difference. Yeah, basically. And this is the thing. And this is, this is a little bit what annoys me with the, the GC. One of the only people I really, truly, I have to be careful saying this. One of the only people, one of the people at the GC that I, have a lot of respect for what he does is Juan um, Bristol. And he is one of the, the treasures at the GC. And I have a lot of respect for this guy. He does his job very well. I believe he has his heart in the right place. And they sent basically the one, I have to be careful saying that he, they sent a very honorable person to basically do to basically beg for money. If the president, if the leader of an institution decides to take steps to corral in the quote unquote bad children or, or misbehaving children, as so many of our Asian brethren like to point out um, in our division, then why did not he not show up? And I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know if there's issues or whatever, but he should have made time to come in. If he and everyone from all accounts knew this was going to happen, that we were going to vote on this, he should have come and do that. To me, it's a sign. It's a lack of integrity that he would send somebody else. Now, granted, that's an expert, but you can get those numbers with text messaging. I mean, it's like he could literally be like, "We're the numbers for this," and within five minutes, get all that stuff back. Like technology, yeah. it's to just say, "Well, he's the expert on that." Is is it, it, that's that's not an out. He should have come because I really respect what Prestel does. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, it's not mar- our money, it's God's money. And this is something that I go back to, yes, but you are, who decided that you get to decide? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's God's money, but God didn't tell us to give it to you. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about reducing tithe, by the way. This is the other thing. And, and, and beyond this, this, we're only talking about tithe. As far as actual giving to the church, the numbers are even more stark. And I don't have them, but it, it's closer to like 85 to 90% of all the money given in the church comes from the NAD. So it's not even, a, it's just ridiculous amount. Of, of disparity as far as actual monetary income. Now, that is not to say that God only works with money, but, you know, Prestal had the, had the Prestal Poussin, that's his professional name, uh, Juan Prestal Poussin. Um, he, he had the bravery to stand up and say, there are about 500 families that if we do this, we'll have to come back 
And the problem is he was he was tasked there to basically say, well, you're out of compliance by voting this. And uh, that's a GC thing. You can't make that decision here. And it's like, well, <laughs> again, we, we already talked about compliance issues, but I go, you're the ones who decide whether or not to take the money from us. Okay. That doesn't seem fair. Yeah. Does it now? But okay. But I do have an issue with this vote. This is actually, so this discussion is the one discussion and vote that I kind of take a little bit of issue with. Um, if, uh-huh. if for no other reason than the optics, we've talked about the right. optics with Ted Wilson. We've talked about the optics with the GC. I want to talk about optics with this because there is, even if, tithe parity was already on the agenda even if this was something that had already been voted on years ago the fact that we voted to make such a drastic change so quickly only it 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 really does reek of reactionary decisions from the nad kind of like a um you know kind of kind of like uh, just someone who who just wants to get revenge or, or or you know get a get one last blow in like it, yeah it's pet thank you it's petty that's what it sounds like. That's what it feels like. And I get it. Like, I, I do think that the church in general, if if it wants to go the way it's going, then it does need to rely less on the NAD. I also think there are things here that need to be funded that are not getting funded. I think Keith Bowman brought up a great point, and I work, I've work i worked with Keith before, about the fact yeah. that we need more money in the digital space. And unfortunately, the digital space is not cheap. So, like, I, I agree that we need more money here. Absolutely. I just, it, it, it was bad optics. That's I think it was bad optics, but here's the thing. I think what the it doesn't how do I say this? It doesn't justify what we did. Like two two bad actions don't can you know what I mean? Like you don't respond to something that looks bad by doing something that looks bad. But to me I go if if the GC wants to start nailing people about being in compliance and Dan Jackson, when we talk about that in a second, like that to me, I think it makes it the the, the best response to that. If they want to start, Hey, we need everyone to play by the books. Okay. Then we're going to stop giving you guys the huge advantage that you wanted. If you really want that, if that's what you want to do, if you want to start, you know, swinging a big stick. Okay. Well then now you have to back that up and God will provide for his mission. But now we've decided no longer is are you our mission focus. We're going to be our mission focus. If you guys think you're big enough to sit at the big boys table, okay. Well, now you got to start paying for the right to sit at the big boys table, and I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's I, fair because I think it's, okay because it, it does look bad. But here's the thing: you guys were the ones that decided to come up and start slinging around compliance and you know, majority vote, you know, simple majority votes. Okay. Well then we have the right to say, then we want to pay the same amount that you do. Yeah. But I don't know that it should have been done so quickly. I don't know that the vote should like two to three years is real quick and really crippling. Well, I think the logistics of it, here's, here's the logistics of it. I I, I know. I don't, it doesn't, the amount of time, the amount of time that the GC is going to take to find out that everyone is in compliance can either be spent doing that or figuring out, because they're not asking for it this year. They're not asking for it by next year. They're asking for it in two to three years. And by the way, the the vote was the discussion. No, I'm, I'm, I'm aware, but still like the vote in spirit is still, I mean, okay, maybe, 
maybe this is like the art of negotiation and you always ask for more than what you'll get so that you get what you really wanted. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're saying two to three years because they expect five years. But I feel like I, I would have less of a problem with this vote if it was exactly the same and it said five years. Does that like it's it 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 just it just feels reactionary and petty as much as I agree with the vote itself. The optics of it are really what bother me. And I think that could have well, been done to better. Me, to me, the issue with two to three years is they want to get this done by 2020. Yeah, I know they because do. They want the world church to see. All right. If you want to play political games. Then we're going to we're going to even out the playing field. So let's all get together at GC 2020 with even money. With everyone, you know, paying, paying equally. And now let's pray together because, and I think Dan Jackson's, I think this is his response. I think told me the, the heart behind this, the heart was not as a punishment. It, and it wasn't the response. It was to me when you actually read, okay, so those of you who don't know, well, I guess we can segue into this now. Well, hold on, hold on. Because I'm not, I'm not done with oh, this. Oh, you're yet. not done. All right, all right. Let's, let's, because, let's like, keep going with that. No, see, I think now I think we're being hypocritical because we don't talk at all about Ted Wilson's heart. <laughs> like, now I think no, we're being, now I think here, we're being a little bit, now I think we're being a little bit hypocritical. Here's why we don't talk about Ted Wilson's heart because if we did, it would not be in a positive sense. Okay, but, like, but still, we're, we're, you're, you're willing to write off, this is the most, like, disagreement we've ever had um yeah it's good i because like i agree with the i agree with the motion i just disagree with the time frame and the optic and the timing but um like i just i i i i guess our bias is showing maybe but i i'm not i'm willing to concede that this wasn't the wisest move that's what i'm willing to concede here i think Uh, i think that in in my opinion, I think it was an appropriate response. No, see, I think to the actions to the actions that the church is taking. I think the the North. I think the statement they released the next day is the appropriate response. I agree with that too, but to me, I think okay. I mean, to me, it's it's not a petty thing. It's like all right, you want to even the playing field? Let's even the playing field. But see, like we've been because I think the other the other thing that we go back because I go back to if you're. This document was not created to get other missions in compliance with the church. It was created specifically to punish TED the North American division. Well, TED as well, Trans European, and, well. and the TED and the TED as well. But but more specifically, the NAD, because da- the the Danes are straight up saying we're not going to do this. But I don't see anybody talking about that. Yeah, it's all it's all Sandy. You know what I mean? It's well, all that. So it's. So, you know, like I, I, you know, I, I agree that yes, TED as well. And, and the EUD as well, but, um, and maybe Australia, I don't don't know, but which would be, I think South Pacific division. I'm not sure. Um, but the, the point is that this was created specifically to nail them. So they go, okay, well, if that's, if that's your decision, then let's even it out. Let's even it out. Yes, we think you should burn those documents as well, but then this is the result because co- cho- choices have consequences. Actions have consequences. And when these other divisions decide to to force everyone into uniformity, because that's the thing. If unity is about harmony, then I would agree with you. 
if this was all about being unified in harmony, then I would agree with you. The, the optics of this look bad. But they were like, no, we want to look all alike. That's why you had everyone come together in the old-fashioned costumes. That's why you had irresponsible statements that we talk about. So if you want everything to look alike, fine. Let's make everything how we look alike. Is that really what you wanted? No. But That's I also, really but I wanted. also don't want a reactionary church. I don't think it's reactionary. I think this I think is absolutely re- this is th- absolutely re- what this is absolutely a reaction. I don't think it's reactionary. I think it is all right. It's reactionary in the sense that it's a reaction. This is what this is what you <laughs> this is the choices that you make. This is what this is going to look like. It's not to me reactionary is an emotional decision. This isn't emotional. I don't think this is emotional. I, I think this think is. I think I. Well, I would. Okay, I could see that. But to me, it says if this is what you want, uniformity, then this is what uniformity is really going to look like. Then let's actually be uniform because you cannot bite the hand that feeds you or or shame the hand that feeds you and then continue to expect a handout. Yeah. No, I like that's not I, how it I, works. And I agree with you. I like I said, I don't like the timing or the timeline. That's all. So I, I th- but I do, I, I think, yeah, I think I we're mostly, mostly we're on the same page. I think, I think we're mostly on the same page. Um, and here's the reality. You're just here's wrong. The reality. <laughs> I see what you're saying, but you're wrong. And I hate <laughs> you. <laughs> here's just the reality about it all. It's like, all right, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't, you know, the GC is not going to pass this. So I really do believe that this is, uh, this is a, uh, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking at? This is throwing a, um, this is shooting a bear, bow and arrow at a cannon. But no, that's not the phrase with it. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or rocks I, at I, a cannon. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is a. a well, rocks now count as weaponry, according to Trump. So. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. That's firearms. Um, all right. So let's. I'm not going right, to so, go so there. At but, the, but to me, I think it's more of a symbolic statement because the GC is just going to shut this down. I mean, like, yeah. That's, the discussion yeah. isn't going to go anywhere. Um, for now, but I, I think it's because, and, and again, I'll go back to, all right, because here's, here's my thing. We are, okay. So we don't talk about Ted Wilson's heart when it regards to the document, but I think he did express himself and the things he said before and after the document were irresponsible. I mean, you know I'm saying I, I, well, like, except for the like, time that he walked I, I back his heart, justice statement. Well, that's fine. But to me, I go, his heart was in the wrong place because he said things that told me his heart was in the wrong place. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not guessing. Like, he said things like, we only can worship this way. And we have to make sure that we don't let worldly. And I'm like, that tells me where your heart is. You're telling me where your heart is by your words, by the highest uh, possible communication that humans have. Uh, Body language is more. Body language is more. Um, And it was very stiff and very, very... (laughs) Okay, so let's transition. So then at the end of this day, I think this is just Monday, by the way. So don't worry, we have 30 minutes left. Literally. Oh, um, yeah. We're not even done with Monday. So uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm close. Te- uh, um, Dan Jackson, I almost said Ted Wilson, Dan Jackson um, took an impromptu 18 minute and one second uh, time frame Ooh. to, because someone, someone clipped the video, which I will link in the episode description so you can watch this. Um, you can also read the 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 actual transcript. Yeah, there's a transcript of it, of it too. Yeah, and spectrum. Um, I read I, I read through the transcript in about half the time. So, um, for speed purposes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Jackson's not the quickest spe- uh, speaker, but 
Either way, he gave what was the greatest speech I've heard in Adventism in my life. Now, I said speech, not sermon. There is a difference. Um, but this seemed yeah. kind of impromptu. And yet this was this was all signs of a man who's been leading for a long time and is fed up with injustice. And I loved it. This man was on fire. Um, this, this, this is, this this speech, is his... This is his like Malcolm X, you know, the yeah. Plymouth Rock landed on us. I have a dream. Yeah, this was amazing. You know, uh, ask not what your country like. And this we're calling is his... it, and the speech is now being called "Hooey and Credulity," and I just I love everything about it. So um, basically, uh, he opened by telling people uh, that he he wants the world to know uh, that we are not rebels in the NAD. He wants us to, wants people to stop calling us rebels. And he said, we are not rebels. We are seventh day Adventists. Um, we are just as seventh day Adventists as anyone else in the world. You're not rebels. We are in this just as much as anyone else. And, and so that's how he opens this, but he keeps, he just goes in like at one point he, yeah. he says, I would challenge anyone to look at all the divisions and see if any division is more faithful financially and in policy to the world church. Uh, and then he goes, there are things going on in other divisions that I can't talk about, but 49 women ordained in our division are, is a small matter compared to other things going on around the world. And, and I have heard some of those things and I don't, I can't verify them and I can't, so I'm not going to talk about it. I've mentioned before, yeah, we've been, yeah. like, like, I think like, again, like about as much tithe as we give is about as out of compliance the rest of the world is. Yeah. Um, I'll just say that Yeah. Uh, or more. But yeah, like the maturity, and it's like, yeah, there's some legit, like, okay, I, I mean, it's open. We can talk about this. One of the African divisions had two of its major leaders indicted for lying about having degrees, and they got those positions because they had degrees that they did not actually get, and they specifically lied about it. And not only were they not, did, did not have their credentials taken away or were reprimanded, they were simply, they had to step down. And I'm like, dude, that is, that is, they not only sinned, they broke one of the Ten Commandments openly and, and deceived thousands of people, millions, because they, they lied to the church. They yeah. lied to us. So, so 20, 21 or 22 million, whatever we're at, plus China, you know, they lied to all of them. And use that to sway and influence, and if we're being honest, influence the a lot of people to vote the way they did in 2015. And I go based on a lie, and I'm like, how is that not out of compliance? How is that entire division not out of compliance? Yeah. Well, because okay. there's no so, way nobody knew. So let's keep going with this speech because there's a lot in here. Yeah, um, there's so much. He then brings up the fact that the division has not only been the breadbasket, but it has also been the source of human resources that have built up the church for decades. So he pulls out the fact that, yeah, not only financially do we do we sacrifice the most, but also yeah, but we send our people. Our, yeah, we send people everywhere. And, yeah. Um, then he boldly he just boldly proclaims it. He says, "I will never agree to that document." And I tried to say it kind of just like him, but that's literally like he yeah. was just straight up. He's, he is, he, this is the most straight shooting I have ever seen from any church leader, period. Um, this is just, he doesn't, he, he even said, I, I believe one day this church will stand and apologize for the abuse of women, um, mm -hmm. for, for its abuse of women. 
And he says, uh, that, that policy that puts a noose around the neck of women is guard is garbage. And he's specifically talking about the policy that says that men and women are uh, equally allowed to serve in every position. And then in parentheses, it, sa- it says, except where ordination is required. Um, and then he says this in a room with conferences that are known for not, uh, for, for being a fan of uh, men only ordination. He says, our women are women in the NAD who serve as pastors and leaders will be protected by the NAD and every conference and union president in this place. Um, and, 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 and throughout this speech, I'm not giving every word that he says away. I'm giving some of the highlights. Um, but like he's getting standing ovations throughout this. Now the yeah. whole room oh, yeah. isn't standing up. A little over half is, uh, is, is standing up. And if you watch the video, according to friends of mine who are in the room, they think the video is a little deceptive because of camera angles. But um, like there's one camera angle where it just so happens that there's a whole, there's like a small section of people not standing and it makes it feel like there's more people not standing. Um, but yeah. Um, then he describes everything that's going on as hooey, which means nonsense. And that's becoming this big catchphrase now, hooey and credulity. And then he, he goes on and he says the male headship theology was never Seventh-day Adventist. It is not Seventh-day Adventist and it is not going to become Seventh-day Adventist. And here's, here's my favorite line of the whole thing. Forget hooey, forget credulity. This is my favorite, like, just like Dan Jackson doesn't care anymore about how you think, what you think of him, right? He said, he said there will be people, uh, this is Dan Jackson's age showing here. He says, there will be people here that are mad as a hornet with me. My response to you, if you're as mad as a hornet, is to buzz off. <laughs> what a man. What a man. Oh, what a man. Uh, he, like he's angry. He's passionately angry. This is yeah. like, this is, this is kind of, I think the closest I've seen from a church leader to some of that righteous anger that Jesus shows in the gospels. Um, like when he calls out church leaders, he's angry and he's, and he's so done with, with playing I mean, he mentioned that a few times. There are three specific things that he brings out that I think reveal a lot more, maybe more than he intended to, or maybe he was really, Huge about that. The first one is when he talks about this, right? Uh, he's it's it's in kind of the beginning. He mentions this idea that I will. It's right after the I will never support this document. Um, he mentioned this punishing people is not blah 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 blah. Uh, he says we understand the North the North American division has never said that we don't think there needs to be accountability. We've never said that, and this is what's interesting. Yes. As a matter of fact, as I said the other day, we offered a way through to fix this situation in parentheses. I'm that's me. Um, by request from the president of the general conference, we offered a way. It was rejected. Most people don't realize this. Yeah, they don't. They don't know that the NAD they was actually, actually involved. The in NAD this. actually came in and goes. We understand what's going on. We under we we want to to put this out before there's anything. And the GC said no. There is no way we will compromise on this. We're going to get the world church to basically back us. This is the response that the GC, and I'll say one particular individual, had. Almost for, like, that was the quote that was said, okay? That's a big one. Number one is he goes, we tried to find an amicable solution so it didn't go public, so we didn't have to do this, but they wanted to break, make this public and shame us into doing what they said. Number one. And the second thing that he, he talks about here, which is, is very interesting, 
um, uh, he brings up this idea where, where it was, I think it was, might've been before that. Oh yeah. Is check this out. And so I'm making this statement so that you all know. And so our world leaders know, and my good brothers, <clears throat> my fellow division presidents be oh, a little yes. careful. I'm not saying this militantly. I'm appealing. Be a little careful about how you talk about this precious division and the precious people who lead this division. To me, that is exact. That's why the response financially is appropriate. Because if you, it, to me, it goes back to that. We are giving graciously with a ha happy heart. But if you want to start treating us in this manner, the handouts are done. Yeah, but uh, see, I, I, I mean, I, I, give, I see that. We can give out of the goodness of our hearts, but as far as tithe goes, the handouts are done. I, I, I see that. I see what you're saying there. I, I, saw, I saw it as your, I saw it more as um, like the sin of, of, I heard the term today uh, at a conference I was attending, but uh, toxic tongues. Kind of this idea yeah. that, that oh no that is as well but but it, it's that, all that's that part the way of the that world, I took but to that, me that's the response is, if you want to start if you want to start telling us how evil we are and how awful we are okay well then stop taking our evil awful money yeah um okay so let's keep let's keep going here so um, and so that's the second thing the third thing that he says which is huge which I I just massive and you kind of alluded to it a little bit um he goes there's more hui there's hui in male headship theology. It was never Seventh-day Adventist. It is not Seventh-day Adventist, and it's not going to be Seventh-day Adventist. And he gets so heated that Alex Bryant, G. Alex Bryant, who's the secretary, literally has to tell him, like, hey, calm down, calm down. And he acknowledges that. He turns around and he goes, <laughs> my good, my good uh, brother, you know, he said, he said calm, or my good secretary says, calm down. He's a good man. But everything he says in this, and this is part of the third part. So he gets so heated, but he goes, we will continue to pray that God's spirit will lead the church immediately after saying headship theology is wrong. It is heresy. We're never going to allow this to come into our church. We will continue to pray. Everything he talks about here is not about, and we're going to stick it to you. We say, we want to work with you. You are our colleagues. We are a part of this. Stop calling us rebels. We are a part of you. We love you. We are going to work together. We, it is on us. Where is on this? He says, uh, having said that, the, uh, no, 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 before that is something. It is on us to prove, um, the onus is on us to prove that our women are spirit-led. Um, I'm trying to figure out where that is, but it's, and I don't want to misquote him. Well, I'll just paraphrase. This is basically what he says. It basically says, they have made a decision. Oh, that's where it is. So, they've made a decision. And now the onus is on us. They voted. They've said no. We want to work together, but they have said no. So now it's on us to work together with them. So the onus is on us. Here it is. To demonstrate that our women are spiritual women of God, serving him, building ministry for him, and we will not pull back. And I'm like, that is, that is exactly the right response. Yeah, I agree. He, We're and, not and, here and to that's... stick it to you. We have to show you by showing how God is blessing us. Yeah, and that's that's where I was going to go next, and I think this is the last one I want to bring up because I we basically said the entire speech, but um, because we love the entire speech, but he basically says we will not pull back, we will not stop, we will continue to agitate for the ordination of women to the gospel ministry, and then immediately after that he clarifies the division's purpose, and he says this division is not about ordaining women, 
It's about evangelizing the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he, he reminds us of mission, which was a focus throughout the entire, uh, the entire year-end meetings. But he, but he points out that ordaining women, and, and women, not even, really not ordaining women, but women as full equal partners in that mission is a part of that mission. And, and so I love that. I As absolutely a, yeah, love that he's like, there. It's, it's not that it's a... It's, here's the thing about women's ordination that I think nobody talks. We're not talking about replacing men with women. We're talking about adding women yeah, to the Yeah, that's the, the mix. thing. We're adding people. This is the thing that I never, I never understood. I'm like, you think that men are going to lose their jobs to a woman. First off, if a guy isn't doing a good enough job that somebody else has to replace him, you should replace that person anyway. Second off, we're adding people to the mission. We're saying we don't have enough. We need to make more. Like yeah. I, I, now, I, and that's exactly what he says is this is a new way to evangelize. Now there is one thing I want to point out that is a fair criticism, criticism of this, that it's, and it's a little early to tell how this is going to shake out. But um, basically with this, with this speech, Jackson has now put himself at risk of running into the same problem that the NAD is currently having with the GC. In other words, but now between union and conference, instead of GC or between division and union and conference, instead of GC division union conference. So in other words, yeah. if there are unions in the NAD or if there are conferences in the NAD that don't agree with Jackson, which there are, uh, then, uh, what happens when those conferences refuse to stand with the NAD and how the NAD responds to that is going to, to say a lot because they're setting a tone with how they're responding to the GC with now how those quote unquote beneath them or, or on the, on the levels more localized than them can now response, but can see, now respond my, to the division. I agree. But my response is if that conference wants to give, seven eight percent of their tithe to the gc they can do that no we but are i'm not saying i'm not saying their, financially i'm saying they're we're arguing for their right to choose to ordain women or not that's yeah. what we're arguing we're not arguing that they have to ordain women now you no, have to but, do it but see it, i'm not saying it, you have the choice to do this but i'm not even talking about just this it could be any issue Right, the NAD is is setting a, a a pretty powerful precedent here, and I think that needs to be acknowledged. I agree, but I don't think it's a new precedent. I think that's a precedent that's always been but there. Well, it I does think- it okay, but now it's publicized. That's what I'm saying. Like now it's now it's front and center, and I think yeah, I think this again, is something that does need to be watched. I I agree, but to me, I don't think that the responsibility for that shouldn't. It doesn't rest with the NAD. The GC put them in a position to have to do this. And yeah. again, I go back to that that first statement that he made that he re- most people don't know. They came and said, we don't want to go this route. Let's find a way to do this where it's, it's yeah. you know, we don't have to make this public. We don't have to do all this thing. And the GC said, no, we're going to take this to the, we're going to take this to the, uh, what's, what's the, the court of public opinion. Yeah. Okay. If that's where you want, if that's where you, if, if that's the home court that you choose, or, you know, if that's the, the, the spot you want to, you know, if you want to do that, we want to do this, not behind closed doors, because that makes it sound secret, but we wanted to do this in a quiet way. Respectful. That didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? That, yeah, respectful way. But didn't if you want to, if you want to, you know, if you want to do this in the court of public appeals, then, all right, then we're going to appeal to the public. And I think, I, I agree with you. I think it does set a precedent. But to me, I think it's, to me, that's the spirit of Adventism. No, I, I, Adventism yeah. is like, I, and, hey, and I want to see how the division responds ourselves. to when they get disagreated with. That's what I want to well, see. I, 
They do it all the. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think they do it all the time. And and to be honest, yeah, but really now only, it's going to be now. This is going to be the reference only, point. Do you yeah, understand? I think there's only about this three is going to be the reference. Well, point. okay, but here's the thing. This is Dan Jackson's personal statement. Does it? Yes, yes. But he. This is not. This was not said with the weight. It might have been inferred. Oh, it's absolutely inferred. But this was not said with the weight of the executive committee. Yeah, but we would they be will blasting Ted Wilson if he did something like this. They would back. He has done something like this. My point exactly. I agree. But to me, I here's my thing. That's a great thing. The order, <laughs> the order matters. Who said it first matters. When you're giving credit, right, for, you know what I mean? Like, who started it? And I go, yeah, now that's not an excuse, right, for, and I agree that, yeah, this is a very strong, this is a strong thing. But to me, I go, who started this, right? The person who starts, if you go to any sport, right, whenever there's a, a, you know, a fun little Donnybrook, you know, a little fight between, you know, whether it's basketball or baseball or whatever. Punishments are handed out to people who who were second, but the heaviest punitive damages are always dealt out to those who initiated the situation. Yes, escalated the situation also matters, but who, those who initiated it, those who did the initial issue are always handed out the heaviest punishments. Why? Because this would not exist had you not done what you did. And to me, I go back with, okay, yes, I think this is a strong thing. It will be interesting to see how the NAD goes. And I do not worship at the, you know, I don't worship at the temple of Dan Jackson. Um, he goes too far in a couple places here, I would say. Um, yeah, like I don't think, but this was a passionate on the spot. It was a passionate on the spot. To me, that's how I take it. This is, he's just saying from his heart. And I go, I, I again, I go back to, when he made this, I think it was fine up until he said, we're going to keep doing, you know, our, you know, the NAD is going to, and I go, that's too far because you're not speaking yeah. with the voice. Well, you go, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can say that, but you can't say Israel will serve the God. You yeah. have to allow them that choice. And so to me, I, I go back to now, do I think it was wrong? No, I think for the most part, the NAD is united on this. That would agree. Um, it was a, it was a it wasn't a super uh, it was a super majority vote to pass the document that's about to we're about to talk to when that vote actually got taken it was a super majority um, it was a two thirds I believe or close to a two thirds like it wasn't fifty fifty um, so to me I look at that and I go okay that tells me that the majority of people were behind it um, and that's another strong statement as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to that. Well, I think that's a good place to transition to it. I will, yeah. I will say. So well, so for me, again, I think Dan Jackson, he was a little too strong. I don't worship at his feet. I don't think that everything he does is amazing. But as far as I, I go, I do. you know what? You do. <laughs> do. As far as... The, and, and here's my other thing with this. And it's, we have, uh, Oh my really gosh, Tony, hurry up. We're going to finish. Uh, this is going to cause a lot of problem for the people <laughs> who are coming behind. When Dan Jackson decides yes. to step down, this is going to cause issues. Yep. Absolutely. So I will say that as well. Yeah. It's nice. It feels good in the moment. When did you do this? The other shakes right, out. But yeah. 
Now, I will say there are two things I want to say here before we get to this statement, which we will go over a little over today. Deal with it. Everyone accept it. Um, which is there, there are two things I want to say. Today I was actually talking with Luke Steen, and this will be the test if he actually listens to this podcast because I just mentioned him and he'll probably let me know. If he doesn't ever – if you, Luke, if you don't talk to me about this, I know you don't listen. Jerk. Um, so We know where you live. But he, he said, you know, I really feel like this church doesn't need a revival of theology. It needs a revival of administrative leadership and um, like a passionate, straightforward leadership. And we don't see the kind of bold statements we saw in Adventist history from our leaders, from um, from those uh, you know at the forefront of ministry. And and I can see some I can see some merit to that. Um, but I, I do want to I did want to point that out. And and I love what Dan Jackson did. I I do I don't agree with absolutely every word of it. But I love that he's taking the public stands and that we have leadership that's willing to actually uh, stand up for what they believe is right. So that all right, stand up in such a public, straightforward way. Now. The second thing I want to say is this. There is, a, uh, there is a criticism of the divisions of the unions and of the conferences that, that ordain women. There is a criticism from the conservative side of the church that is this. Um, I, I, often hear it, I often hear the, the comparison this way, actually. It's, it's more of a comparison than a criticism. It's the divisions, the unions, and the conferences are acting like spoiled children, and the GC is a parent that needs to discipline their children. And every time they talk about, every time we talk about unions being out of compliance, someone, there's someone in someone a chat. Someone brings it up. Someone yep. goes, well, if you're a, you're a parent, right? Well, would you just let your kids do whatever they want? Listen, that, this, is, this, is, this needs to be made clear. I... This is not my response to the criticism. This is just fact. If you are going to apply that comparison to unions and divisions and to the, to the levels of church leadership, you have it backwards. Because yep. it is not the, the churches, the unions, and divisions that are children of the GC. Rather, it is the conferences, the unions, the divisions, and the GC that are all the children of the local church. Straight up. The every one of those entities was created to advance mission and advance the mission of the local church. It was all created to enable and empower people and empower that message to go out. But they were never set up to be their parents, uh, to be the they parents tried of the to, local church. But then that's yeah. Those yeah, of you who know 1901, work. 1903, Ellen White and James White straight up came together and were like, "This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong." Like some of her strongest statements about yep. negatively about the church come about the GC taking power in a centralized and top-down way. Yep. So just so we're clear about that, if you want to talk about a parent needing to discipline their child, then what we're watching the division do right now is exactly that. And beyond that, I'll go back to, if you think that the parent in this relationship is the GC, I would beg you to read your Bible again. God is the parent. Yes. I go back to a headship yeah. theology. Jesus is the head of the church. The moment Jesus is not the head of the church, we are worshiping a man. But Jesus speaks through the and GC, what do Tony. We call Didn't that? you know that? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. No, okay. So I really, I really wanted to make that clear because that comparison really yeah. bothers. And because it, it comes up every single time. And it comes from, and, and I hate to say it, cultures that are decades, if not centuries, behind other cultures. Let's just put it that well, way. Well, no, I don't even want to make it a culture thing, because I definitely see it the most from just, like, 
Well, uh, too late. I'm going to make it. A, I see it from white conservatives more than anything else. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, because I, I see it a lot nope. from uh, Eastern mindset countries. Let's just say that. And from uh, our African brethren. I, I get that I a lot. I have from our African brethren. That's fair. A lot from our African uh, brethren, but, a lot from Filipino and, yeah, and Koreans. But, like, a lot. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, I, nope. you see it everywhere. Like it's an argument America, that people are using. Yeah. And I go back to this. You're wrong. It's either, if you want to do it, it's either God or it's the, the, the other way. Like you've got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the statement. The statement, we're not going to read the whole statement. Um, basically, the, it's, it's, a few different, it's a few different points. Uh, the statement starts with an affirmation. We affirm the world church. We affirm a shared commitment to oneness in the body of Christ. Then it goes into the the read the yeah read the read the bottom that bottom line is the best way to explain that. We also affirm this that structure and organization bring value to advancing the mission and message of the church. That's All right, basically it. Yeah. They affirm that. Okay. Then they talk about the definition of the church that it's characterized by unity and diversity, as stated by Paul. All right. Then they talk about their uh, our position, which is their argument that they believe the document moves us away from the biblical values proclaimed by the Protestant reformers and the founders of the SDA church and mm-hmm. moves us toward a sense uh, toward a centralized power and hierarchical system of government that overrides the policies and procedure, procedures already in place. All right. So then they go through the procedure. Now the, the, or the position, the, the, their official position, right. That they object to the document. Now this is what I want to, I, I, this is where I kind of want to highlight because of time yeah. is the request for action. There are three requests for action. Number one, we respectfully request in light of Jesus's prayer for unity in John 17 and in harmony with the call for unity in the body of Christ in belief number 14, that the General Conference Executive Committee at its 2019 annual council rescind the action approving the document. Number two, we respectfully request that the 2019 annual council revise any policies that enable majority fields to dictate the management of non-doctrinal, non-biblical issues to minority fields and create policies that protect the interests of minority fields. So this is specifically talking within the realm of numbers of, of, of majority and minority based on numbers in the delicacy, not finance, not finances. And number three, we respectfully request that an item be placed on the 2020 general conference session agenda, calling for a statement by the world church that affirms our shared respect for the richness and variety of the multiple cultures and practice in which we minister and two, empowers the ministry that is sensitive to local context. So those are the three very specific calls to action, requests for action that this statement was voted yeah. on. And this statement was voted on, I think, 117 to 90 or 120. Hold on, no. I've, I've, I've got the net. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was something like it, that. Where it was to like, 49. It was something to 49. Yeah. Hold on. It was almost a super majority, basically. Yeah. Oh, I, I deleted it. Oops. <laughs> you had one job. I got rid of the, Okay, well, I give me your link. thoughts and I'll find the number. Um. So here's, well, okay. So first off, oh, I this found is what it. impressed me about the whole document. The entire document is peppered with scripture. This is not their opinion. This is, this is their opinion based in the light of scripture. I love that. I mean, if you look at like, especially talking about the church, I mean, they've got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like 14 verses, you know, specific sections of scripture for like one paragraph and another, I think three or four in the next one. Um, and then beyond that, when it, when it go when it talks about our position, it specifically quotes Ellen White, the review and Herald and GC uh, actions saying, when we reject 
that our position where we stand is not based on us right now. It's based on the 1877 General Conference voted action. It's based on the 1901 to 1903 reorganization. It's based on scripture, and it's based on Ellen White's feelings about her response to the 1889 or the 1888 General Conference session. To me, I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, you want to play dress up? Okay, let's talk about how your founders that you're in love with would feel about that. To me, I love the fact that they went there. Um, So that's the first one. In the request for action, I feel like, and I think, well, this is my, this is, this is, this is what just reading it went up with. Everything that they talk about believes the idea in harmony. Um, he, they say, yes, we want to be united. We want to be united. This document does not unite us. This document divides us. And here's the specific way that it does that. So basically, it has now put the ball in the court of the GC to basically say, you not only have to now enforce this thing that you're saying, because we're going to make, we're going to make you do it. We're going to make you enforce this document, but we believe that not only are you wrong and you can be wrong, but now we're going to ask that you have to completely defend why it's there. Yeah. Cause now the GC has to respond to this and they have to respond to it. Uh, you know, again, cause the, the, look at the GC, look when the GC wrote its document, it doesn't have stuff of, it doesn't have a lot of scripture in it. If you actually read that document, it has a few, but not a lot. This is absolutely peppered with it. And this is the other thing that it goes back to. It not only asks that they rescind that, but now we're going to ask that you make sure you're not able to do this again based on Scripture. Um, and this final, I mean, to me, again, the final the final quote, you know, and I, like I said, I actually read through it. I read through all the Scripture when I read through it. There, it's It's on. It's not taken out of context. It is very well done as it should be, as I, th- I thought it would be. But it's our sincere hope. This is the final line. It's our sincere hope that the future will be characterized by continual prayer and open dialogue, empowered by him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask, than all that we ask or think. And Ephesians 3.20. And I just love that. To me, that's the spirit. This is not a spirit in rebellion. This is not a spirit of um, um, agitation, although he said all those words, Dan Jackson. And to me, again, I go back to, that's why that's Dan Jackson's feelings. Yeah. The NAD, the actual NAD response, the actual is NAD much more response tempered. was much more. This is what the gospel and the Bible is telling us. You are and and our history, our own forefathers, that you so very publicly and embarrassingly <laughs> represented at Battle Creek, hmm. misrepresented at Battle Creek. Yep. Let me rephrase that. This is this is what they think. This is our understanding of that. So now you have to prove to us using the Bible and using, you know, Ellen White, why this is not okay. Now, and you're going to have to do it in a public forum. Now, here's here. I think people people have asked me before, and I and really until this conversation, I don't think I've really been able to nail it down in a way that really helps me understand this. Um, or it really helps you to uh, communicate this well. But um, people have asked, why am I so sure that, that the North American division is doing the right thing here 
in all of its moves instead of the GC. And the bottom line is this. I think the division is right because it is seeking to free the local church to do the work of God, whereas I see what the actions of the general conference, specifically administration in, 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 some, in some sense, I see it as limiting the work of the church, or at least trying to, or attempting to take away control or, or uh, agency from the local mm. context. I see yeah. the division, I see, I've, I see everything that unions and divisions are doing as empowering local context, and I see everything that the GC has been doing as limiting. And it is so encouraging to me to watch the division do it. It is encouraging to me to be a part of it. And I can't imagine, you know, if I was a woman in ministry or looking to be in ministry, I can't imagine how I would feel after hearing Dan Jackson's speech yesterday, after seeing the division take this stand. Um, this is huge, and I don't want to understate that. And so, like, this is, I, I think this is a huge step. I think this is, um, this is going to be, I think God and history will look fair, favorably on this moment in Adventism um, as a real turnaround yeah. point. I really do. I, yeah. Den Jackson makes a statement of, uh, you know, Ted Wilson thinks that we're right on the cusp of the promised land. I think we're headed back to the wilderness. I think you made a good statement with that. To me, that's that's absolutely, I believe that Wim's ordination was the the litmus test. God was using to say, are they ready for the second coming? Ooh, no. Look at this. This wasn't even doctrinal. Gabe, you know, Gabe, come here. Look at this. See how they reacted? Ooh, they're not ready. Because hmm. um, I absolutely believe what Dan said, that we're going to look back and apologize. Yep. Um, the way that now we're having to, and I, and I hope to God that we do not have to do it the way we're doing it now with the black community. The NAD is now having to reactively apologize, retroactively apologize to, I mean, I guess all apologies are retroactive, but you know what I mean? Responsively yeah. apologize to the black community because the black community has basically said, you've never told us you're sorry for all these things that you did to yeah. us for so many years. And, yeah. and, and Andrews and Southern and the NAD has had to say, you know what? We were wrong. Yeah. We are sorry. And, and I'm, we're sorry that it's taken us this long to say it. And I hope that the church doesn't do that. I hope they don't. I hope they, yep. they come to their senses, like Dan Jackson says, because I agree with you. I think this is a, a, a this is the potential hinge point. Do I think it's going to break the church? Absolutely not, because this you know you look at what Dan Jackson keeps saying. We're not pulling away. We're not pulling away. Yeah, we're just as much a part of you as you are. But we're not going to do what we believe is wrong. Now, I would like to see, I've said it in past episodes, I'll say it again, I really wish it would have happened at this year in meaning too, I would like to see someone go back and look at the NAD's history and, and our actions at, at the general conference sessions, and I would like to see us specifically apologize for times that we have monopolized control over other fields. Um, I, I do think that we, I really thought that was going to come up. I was, uh, I really hoped it, I really wish it did. Year end. And I'm, I, that is the most, I think that's the most disappointing thing for me. Um, and I, I wish I granted in everything going on, I understand why it didn't come up. Um, but I do wish that we would issue some apology for that. Um, because that, I mean, we're now seeing the other end of it and now we understand how bad well, it feels. And I think, I think for the most part, I don't think that there were any, there weren't any decisions made that specifically held down or um, I don't think there were any decisions made that necessarily need to be apologized for in the sense that 
We didn't say like, oh, well, if you're Asian, you can't, you know, you count as a half vote or something like that. Nothing like that was ever done, but it was the spirit of you're not heard. You're not listened to. It was a kind of a microaggression spirit. And so, yeah, I think that needs to be. So that's why I think it's so hard to apologize because you, you can't look back and be like this specific thing we apologize for. Yeah. Um, but I really, I thought somebody was going to say that. Uh, there were times where it came close um, in discussing the document where they're like, you know what, we're sorry. And we know that in the past that that's, but we're asking the same way that you felt marginalized and mistreated. Now we're feeling that way. Yeah. Please don't do this to us. Well, and, and yeah, and I wish somebody would just outright say, just be like, yep. look, regardless of whether we get what, you know, we want, we are so sorry for the way that you guys were treated officially, yep. not just me standing up yep. at a mic, but It'd as be... an actual document go, you know what? This was not respectful. It made you feel like you didn't matter. Like you were secondary. And that is not true. And you, you, you are, you are a vital, important part of this church. Yep. Which, I, which is absolutely true. Do I think they should pay their fair share? Yeah. But they are a vital part <laughs> of the church. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end it there. Uh, obviously, this was this was probably our most uh, lively dialogue we've had on anything. So hope you enjoyed it. Don't expect you to agree with everything that Tony said because he's wrong on everything that we're, he disagrees gonna, with me on. We're going to need uh, a mediator now. <laughs> um. Well, let's make the mediator, uh, since I'm the one in charge of this podcast, I'm going to appoint someone to the mediation committee that you can then appeal to when I hand you a, uh, so they're going to recommend to me ways I should discipline you. And then if you have problems with it, you can, you can go to them who I've appointed and complain about it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, good. Good. That that works. I'm just trying to model church leadership. Man, I wish there was a way we could implement this on the, on the grand (laughs) scale. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, on, or, or, do you wish there was a, a way to in- implement it on a more general level? Is that I wish we could, I wish feel? there was a way to force everybody to do what we want them to do. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah, absolutely. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for listening to Absurdity. Thank you for listening to this episode and for sticking with us through this. Um, this has been fun. Tony yes, and I are laughing, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> see, Tony's still going, uh, but. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to subscribe to us, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcatching app that you use. And um, you can also find us on the absurdity.org or on Facebook, facebook.com slash absurdity podcast. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, you can email us uh, ryan180becker at gmail.com or you can send in uh, a tweet to myself at ryan180becker or to Tony at at T-O-N-Y underscore A-N-O-B-I-L-E. Awesome. So yes, you can contact either one of us uh, that way as well. And if you do uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave a review. Now, look, I'm, I, I know beggars can't be choosers here. I've been begging this every episode. Don't just leave a rating, leave a review because like I was review, so excited yeah. Sunday. I, Sunday, we got our first one star, Tony. Yeah. We got our first one star, but I don't know. I don't know why, because Who they didn't was, leave yeah, a review. Or why? Yeah, they they just one started and then moved on with their life. And I want to know. I want to hear your hatred. I want to hear the vitriol. I don't want a lot of it, but I want some of it. So <laughs> it makes <laughs> let, us let me better. know because if you if you feel this is a one star for some reason, I want to know so I can make this better for you too. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sacrifice who I am or the voice I have, but sure. Like, yeah, we're not going to listen to you, but we want to hear you. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate your support. 
and we'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.